Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. College basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. We've expanded some resources in our secondary. You know, we've, we've got a, a first-round safety in John Abram. We've got a second-round corner, uh, and it, who, it, we think is going to be a very good football player. Uh, we've got a fourth-round corner in Amik Robinson, another first-round corner uh, in Damon Arnett. You know, and we mentioned Trayvon Mullen in the second, who we think is going to be a heck of a player. So, really, um, what we need more than anything is for all those players to take it up a notch or two. And I'm talking about commitment to the game, work ethic, perseverance, being in the locker room, working with your brothers. All those things are critical. We've expended some draft capital on what, what we think are some very talented players. Uh, and, and now all of them need to take a collective step forward. Well, there's Raiders general manager uh, Mike Mayock during a spot with the media last week talking about the secondary. And Marcus, why do I get the feeling... <laughs> that when Mayock says about his young secondary guys, they all have to get better. They all have to take a step forward. I just picture him talking directly to Jonathan Abram when, when he's saying that. You know what I mean? I feel like, well, he's, like I, he's almost like looking at his headshot in the media guide as he's saying that. Hey, Mayock, how about you guys take a step forward in the front office and get a little better as well? How about some blame there? I mean, geez, Mike, just throwing everybody under the bus, man. He's not afraid to do it. He's Well, he's been doing that since he was on TV, you know, back in the day. So he's, he's ready yeah. to roll with that. But... It's good to be back. We're talking on what is really the eve of NFL free agency. We're recording here on a Monday. By next week at this time, that March 15th is the uh, that new tampering window that they put in. So Marcus, Adam Schefter, sure. Rappaport, can, they can all break the news early and tell us who's going to get signed on Wednesday, right? So that's kind of what we're doing. And uh, looking at the Raiders, obviously several positions the team could target in free agency. Plenty of ways this could go. But this week, I really want to dive into free safety, which is an important piece of the puzzle with the cover three scheme that Gus Bradley's installing. We talked about that last week. And uh, offensive line, as the team has already made some moves over the past week, and there could be more, according to reports, coming. But let's start with free safety. In this scheme that Bradley's installing, Marcus, you need a guy that can cover some ground, a guy that you know, could really be a leader of the defense from that position. We joke about Abram. He's going to be the strong safety. We need someone to play beside him. Now, I know the Raiders have Jeff Heath. I don't know a ton about Heath, but I know you must know him because he's an ex-Cowboy, so you've <laughs> got to know him. So tell me a little bit about Heath and how viable of an option is he to be the starter, or do you think the team goes elsewhere in free agency and this is a target? 
Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of Jeff Heath. Whenever he's played, whether it's for the Cowboys or the Raiders, all he does is make plays. Unfortunately, he's not a long-term solution. Like he, He's somebody that can get by a couple games as a free safety, as a topper, but you don't want him ultimately to be the solution back there. So the Raiders have to either go to free agency or the draft to find that player. And unfortunately, Ryan, the draft just doesn't have any of those true center fielder types that you feel great about sticking them back there and having them be the next Earl Thomas. Now, free agency does. There's a bunch of names out there in free agency that could fill that void for the Raiders. Uh, and I, I would not be surprised, Ryan, if that's why they're trying to to make some of these cap-related releases over the last week to to free up some more cap dollars to, to make a run in free agency. Makes sense. So let's talk about some of these guys. I think one of the top of the you know top of the market option would be Anthony Harris of the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. He's played. That's a good one. He could play both safety positions, and I've seen him, Marcus. I saw PFF predicted he'll go to Washington. I've seen articles about the Browns, Lions, Cowboys, Colts, Jacksonville. I haven't seen anything about the Raiders targeting him or any connection, but I think he could be a good little fit. Uh, you know, what do you think about him and another one? Marcus Williams from the Saints, right? I mean, okay. he's, he's a that, stud, but That's go on. the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one right there. Uh, of all the safeties in free agency that best fit that cover three free safety, it's Marcus Williams. He already has a bunch of experience doing it. Uh, he's still only 24 years old, despite a bunch of starts with the Saints have over the last four years. Uh, he was productive at Utah, taking the ball away. He was productive uh, with the Saints. He had one mishap against the Vikings in the playoff game that everybody remembers uh, against Stephon Diggs. But other than that, you can make a case that he's the best center fielder free safety in the NFL. Uh, I know he's somebody that Mike Mayock loves, and then Gus Bradley thinks would be a great fit. I think that's the number one target that they're going to have in free agency. Okay, I love it. And he's so at 24, he's way younger than Harris, obviously. Yes. So I think the the question now is will Williams be available? Because I've seen reports that the Saints are making Marcus Williams their number one priority. But the thing (laughs) with the Saints, Marcus, and talking to Saints Wire editor John Sigler, Sean Payton loves to talk about Marcus Williams being his number one priority, but he also likes to talk like Jameis Winston's already under contract, and he's not. (laughs) So the quarterback for the Saints. Is got to, that's got to be their top priority. They got to figure that thing out, and they're also like still forty eight million or something over the cap. So, will they franchise tag Marcus Williams? Is that are we going to learn that over the next couple of days? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think they can because they have so much. Of their, they're in such deep cap trouble. I don't think they can afford to put a thirteen million dollar tag on Marcus Williams and have that hanging over their heads. So, doesn't seem like I. It, no. I do think they would love to have him back, and maybe this is a case, Ryan, where. The Saints have just told Williams, hey, we'll match any offer that you get in free agency. We just we can't put that franchise tag on you now. But if the Raiders come in and blow him away and offer him 15, 16, maybe even 17 million a year, uh, I think they could potentially steal him away. And listen, if it takes 17 million dollars a year to, to get him away, I know that sounds expensive, but this is a perfect fit in the defense. And if you want Jonathan Abram to be successful, get a guy that can cover up for his mistakes, you know, down the field. Uh, I, I just love Marcus Williams. I think it'd be a great fit. Would you be happy at that position? Cause that's, this is not considered like one of the premier positions that you spend at. Right. So w- would you be cool with them going 13, 14, 15 million a year at that position with a Marcus Williams, or would you rather them start Heath and look for, uh, you know, a, sh- a, a shorter deal, a guy that could, could flash it. I'll give you a name. I've actually heard of this player. 
you know a lot more about college football than me, Marcus, but my wife's a Buckeyes fan. So, mm. But I'm stealing this from Raiders Wire. I'm not going to pretend I came up with this name all on my own. <laughs> but I know who this player is. Uh, Malik Hooker. Oh, yeah. From the Colts. You know, was considered a stud coming out of college, but he's just battled injuries, including last year he's coming off a torn Achilles. So he's played well when he stayed healthy, but he hasn't stayed healthy. So this is a guy you could get for a couple million, right? So maybe yeah. maybe you start Heath and you go with one of these kind of guys and hope you hit on a short kind of deal. Like, which way would you rather see the Raiders go? I would rather have them go get the, the proven healthy guy just because it's such a big <laughs> such a big need. Marcus Williams, it, come on. Yeah, get Marcus. I mean, there's other guys out there. Marcus May for the Jets is a really, really good player. Yeah. It sounds like the Jets may franchise him. Uh, but there are other options out there. I would love for them just to fill that hole and then use the rest of your resources to build up the offense and defensive line. You're just not going to get that kind of caliber player in the draft where I think you can feel your needs uh, at offensive guard and at defensive tackle early on in this draft. So speaking of the secondary, I got to admit, I didn't prep on this because this, it just happened 15 minutes ago yeah. before we started recording. But thank God I have you, Marcus, because I don't have to prep you on anything. I just throw <laughs> questions at you and you, and you, know, you know everything. Uh, so the Raiders just cut LaMarcus Joyner. So apparently we have, <laughs> we have more, more holes to fill in that secondary. What do you think about what reacted real time to that move? Yeah, so the Raiders were trying to trade him as of Monday morning, and not surprisingly at all, teams didn't want to give up an asset for a uh, a 30-year-old slot corner who has not played very well over the last two years, who is due $20 million in each of the next – or it, over the next two years. So not surprising. Uh, it was a bad move when they signed him because he was really a free safety with the Rams. The Raiders tried to make him a slot corner full-time. They overpaid for him. He never made a play really in his entire Raiders career. No interceptions. Uh, they decided to move on. And luckily, I do think they have an in-house replacement in the Meek Robertson, who they drafted in the fourth round last year from Louisiana Tech. I think they're going to be just fine there. So it seems like a big loss on paper, but it actually might be a net positive. So there it is. Just like Mayock said, guys got to get better. The guys we drafted, we're probably going to be plugging you in and you got to play better. If this defense right. is going, yes. going to improve. Yes. All right. Well, the Raiders have been making all kinds of moves on the offensive line. There's other guys on the trade block. This could look like an overhauled group next year. And I want to get Marcus's take on all that. We'll do that coming up next. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Made a pretty big investment in Trent Brown a couple years ago, and he hasn't been able to get on the field as much as you'd like. What do you need to see from him this offseason to be able to be confident you can go forward with him? Yeah, Trent's whole thing is when he's when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football. And he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything, is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. And, and really that's all it takes. If, if, if Trent gets in shape and stays committed, there's, there's not a better talent out there. There's my guy, Mike Mayock, again, Marcus. <laughs> and he's talking about, you know, I, I know a thing or two about Trent Brown. I'm a Patriots guy. Trent Brown came over here. They traded for him. 
he was on the 49ers. The Patriots traded for him. And Trent Brown helped them win that Super Bowl against the Rams, that 13-3 to game. And then the Patriots decide to let him walk after the Super Bowl. The, the Raiders go out and give him this big contract. And I think the reason the Patriots let him walk, Marcus, was because they were afraid of this thing. And it's mm. just what Mayock's talking about. Is Trent Brown getting his money and then just slapping it out there? And basically what Mayock's is, is Mayock's saying is, hey, if, he, if he wouldn't be so you know fat and unprofessional and out of shape, he'd be great if he would just try hard. But uh, you just don't get that with Trent Brown. So I'm hearing reports that he might be on the trade block, that the Raiders are looking to shop him, and I'd be all for that. I mean, his cap hits $14 million. Like, I would love to see the Raiders trade Trent Brown if they can. But what's your take on this whole situation with Brown? Uh, first of all, do you think Mike Mayock was a little upset that Trent Brown didn't come into the best shape in oh, the 2020 he, season? About- he hates him. He hates him, clearly. Come on. 15-second little clip there, and you mentioned <laughs> Trent Brown being out of shape three different times. Yeah. So I, I think he might have been a little upset with his uh, lack of conditioning. So <laughs> I, I think the thing that is so difficult about this is they know what Trent Brown can do. I, I remember the 2019 season when they went to London and they faced off against the Bears. and They were going up against Khalil Mack in the first rematch since uh, the team traded Mack. And he dominated him. I mean, just absolutely dominated Khalil Mack. And they ended up winning that game in part because uh, they were able to block Khalil Mack with Trent Brown. And I think that's what's making this so difficult because uh, if he was just an average player, he would have been released a long time ago. But he has the potential to be a absolutely dominant right tackle, a very good left tackle. And I, I think this floating the trade idea out there in the media i wonder if this isn't to motivate trent brown a little bit to to maybe kick him into gear a little bit i i ultimately don't think they're going to move on from him because it would be too much to to move on from three offensive linemen in one offseason yes but it sounds like they could be trending that way if things don't change with trent brown soon now as raiders fans know the other two i think one of them wasn't surprising richie incognito mm-hmm. he's been released you you never know in this weird off season with the salary cap thing and all that i, I think guys could get cut and then come back so it sounds like that's the case it yes. sounds like he could be back on a lower number and maybe it's one of these things too where he's not all that interested in doing this offseason workouts he's coming back from achilles injury i i think he's pretty likely to come back actually yeah that makes a lot of sense I think one name that was a little surprising because he's a pretty good little player mm-hmm. is Gabe Jackson. And now he's been cut. And the Raiders do clear, what was it, like $15 million or so of cap space making these two moves. Uh, but Jackson's a solid player that could have a market. So I don't know if he's just going to come right back to the team. So this this gives them kind of a kind of a need at the guard position, right? And it makes you look at Denzel Good, the free mm. agent. And you guys wrote about him on Raiders Wire. Like, what do, you, what do you think about the guard position now, specifically, Marcus, and what they do here in light of these two moves, but especially moving on from Gabe Jackson? So here's the dirty little secret uh, between the John Gruden offense is that they actually like Denzel Good better than Gabe Jackson. And Gabe Jackson was being paid far more. Denzel Good is a free agent. The team believes they can bring back Denzel Good at a far cheaper price than what they were paying Gabe Jackson last year and actually be better. Uh, Gabe Jackson made it known that he wasn't having the best time with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. He's been there for a while. Uh, he, he hasn't endured a lot of, uh, a lot of success with the team. Uh, I think they were both, they were both fine moving on. And I think Denzel good is going to be back playing right guard. Richie incognito will be back eventually on a cheaper deal. And then a fourth round pick, John Simpson, 
who they drafted out of Clemson last year, uh, impressed enough at the end of the season to at the very least get a chance to be that swing interior offensive lineman. So it seems like a lot of uncertainty right now, but the Raiders do feel like in time over the next couple of weeks, once they get all this contract stuff figured out, they're going to be just fine on the interior offensive line. And good has some versatility, right? He's played all kinds of positions on that line. Did yes. he play some tackle too? He, he played some right tackle when they needed him to left and right guard. I mean, he, he's just so versatile, yeah. uh, a good player, an ascending player for the Raiders. Okay. So we have good, we have Simpson incognito probably coming back. Do the Raiders want to go in free agency Marcus and go get a guy. And I had some players listed and right before we came on this is another recent post on Raiders wire. You wrote about one of these players I had on here. Now, one of them was Joe Tooney from the Patriots. Mm, He's going to be a top-of-the-market kind of guard coming off a franchise tag season with the Patriots. They're not going to tag him again. He's going to be gone. Uh, The other is a a player probably most of us have never heard of because he's an offensive lineman who plays in Washington, right? And he's been injured a lot. Uh, But Brandon Scherf from uh, Washington, all pro in 2020. He's probably, as you wrote, one of the better players at the position that we haven't really heard of over the last four or five years. And he's a guy that, you know, maybe the Raiders go out and get to kind of anchor this line a little bit. What do you think about him? And what do you think about them going out and getting another guy? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and uh, go after a veteran because that's just what this team does. They're always looking for veteran talent and and guys coming in to improve the offensive line. We know how important that is for John Gruden. And I think Brandon Sheriff might just be the best overall offensive lineman out there on the market. Uh, This is somebody who's made – four Pro Bowls over the last five years. You mentioned that he was an All-Pro in uh, 2020. Uh, he was a top, you know, he was a first-round pick, a pretty high selection. And the injuries are really the only reason that we don't consider him in the same tier of guards as Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson and some of those guys like that because he is a superstar when he plays. So I think his price tag is going to be a little bit more than what the Raiders are comfortable giving out. Uh, but that is absolutely somebody that I would look at if I was a GM. We'll see if Mike Mayock and John Gruden agree. Well, you see the my brilliance, Marcus, is talking about how no one's really heard of him and then mispronouncing his name, right? So it's what I call him, Sheriff. It's Sheriff. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Sheriff. Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff. Yes. My apologies to Brandon and his family uh, for mispronouncing his name. So <laughs> if, they, if they move on from Trent Brown and they need a tackle, uh, I wrote a few down, Trent Williams of San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Okung from Carolina. A guy I like is Alejandro Villanueva from the Steelers. Sounds like yes. he's moving on. These are all guys that are, you know, in their 30s a little bit. So more veteran guys, but they're going to be out there. And, and maybe guys that you could go get if you do trade a Trent Brown. Do you, who do you like as far as free agent tackles out there? I think if the Raiders are going to address the tackle, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a stopgap type of player and then use the draft to, to find a long-term solution. Uh, but you mentioned some really good names. The, the problem with some of the guys that you mentioned is that almost all of them are left tackles, and they would be making the transition over to right tackle. They're all left tackles because I thought Trent Brown was a left tackle. Right. I was going to be honest there. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. And, I mean, some of these guys would have no problem moving over to the right side. I sure. don't think that would be an issue at all. But uh, like an Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh, you know, that's a guy that is at the tail end of his career. He's really declined in the last couple of years. I'm not sure what his value is, but uh, yeah, there are going to be get some guys out there. I think we're going to get some some more players released in the next couple of days. Wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders do look for some kind of stopgap option just until the draft. 
I got to tell you, these conversations could really go off the path. And if Marcus wasn't here to steer them back on track, I got to be be honest. Uh, So some other positions that we could start looking at in future episodes and and guys that you've looked at, too. I know some of free agents that you like, Marcus, that you've written about defensive tackle and edge rusher. Mm -hmm. And one guy you wrote about was Leonard Williams from the Giants. Yeah. he looks like a freaking giant with the hair coming out of his helmet, and he dominated <laughs> for the Giants last year and is likely moving on. I think that the Giants love him, but he's probably moving on. You wrote about another guy, Carl Lawson, who could be like a value add, mm-hmm. right, for the team. So what are other positions that we could look at in future episodes, and what do you think about specifically about those two players that you love? Yeah, so Leonard Williams, really quickly, uh, was the number one player on Mike Mayock's board in 2015, had a breakout season here at, at age 26. 11 and a half sacks last year with the Giants. I think he's a great fit. He's a three technique. He's a one technique. He can stop the run. He can, he's getting better as a pass rusher. Uh, that would be a phenomenal fit. I think he ultimately gets franchised by the Giants. Otherwise, he could make 20, 21 million per year no in doubt. free agency. No Carl Lawson. Now, that's a really interesting one because. Uh, he is only getting better as a pass rusher. He had the second most quarterback hits last year behind TJ Watt, despite being a rotational edge rusher, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, he's explosive off the edge. He's a little shorter for the defensive end position, but for a team that needs uh, pass rush help, he would be absolutely phenomenal. And the last thing, Ryan, I, I do think the, the Raiders are going to be hunting pass rushers in free agency. We've already seen some of the names that they've been associated with. They tried to trade for Yannick Nagakwe, who ultimately got traded to the Ravens last year. Uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe if Matt Judon, uh, Carlos Dunlap, the Raiders tried to trade for last year before he ultimately went to Seattle. He was released today. So a lot of guys out there that could help as a rotational defensive end. We'll see who they uh, target in the next upcoming days. I love it. Great stuff, Marcus, as always. Next week, we might be reacting in real time to like news breaking love as it. we're talking. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll continue breaking down different positions, but as news breaks next week, we'll just like react in real time. And mostly I'll be pitching it to Marcus to react in real time for you all. It's going to be wild. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. So for Marcus, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.